Welcome to the Eating Habits for Life podcast. I'm Kate Johnston, certified habit coach, wife, stepmom, and former physician assistant. I help career women finally break free from their unhealthy eating habits. If you're ready to start feeling your best, then I can show you how. Let's go. Welcome, friend. Thanks for joining me today. I hope your week is going well. And if it's not, then just know that it can always change starting now, right? I hope you at least walk away feeling a little more knowledgeable once you've learned a little something about short versus long-term behavior change in this podcast episode today. I think you will. Before I dive in, if you're interested in joining Food Freedom, now is your chance before doors close Friday, September 30th. If you're listening to this episode on the day it was published, Thursday, then that means doors are closing to food freedom tomorrow. If you've been wanting help breaking a bad eating habit or several, then come join us. You will love it. It has everything you need to break your bad eating habits and form any new ones you want by addressing behavior change, but also mindset change, which really plays a large part if you want lasting results. To join, head on over to katemjohnston.com forward slash coaching or visit the link on the episode page or in the show notes. So I know that you might already know that changing your eating habits means breaking it down and changing your behaviors that you have repeated over and over again in the past. What you may not know is the difference between short versus long-term behavior change, specifically how each will affect eating habits, your results, and also the pros and cons of each. I want to make sure you're really clear on the value and role of both so that you can be as successful as possible with breaking a quote-unquote bad eating habit or creating a new healthier eating habit. First, I just want to define behavior change plus define short versus long-term behavior change. Behavior change is just simply changing the action, taking a different action. So in the case of eating behaviors, you would be changing the action you're taking regarding eating. It could be eating after a certain trigger, it could be overeating, or eating a specific food. Short-term behavior change would be more focused on changing your eating behaviors only until you reach a certain goal, such as losing 10 pounds to fit in a wedding dress or to fit into your new swimsuit for the summer. Long-term behavior change focuses on continued behavior change on multiple occasions over an extended period of time. Long-term behavior change brings you closer and closer to true habit change, and that's because the more frequently a behavior is repeated, the more likely it is to become a habit. Habits are typically longer term, right? There are certainly a few other factors in there, such as triggers and reward, but for this episode, I'm focusing a little more on the behavior or action itself. And you'll have noticed that I use the terms behavior and and action interchangeably. 
All right, so which do you think is more important to focus on when it comes to changing your eating habits, short or long-term behavior change? I already gave away the answer, but it's definitely long-term behavior change. Short-term behavior change still has an important role, though, and I'll explain that. The benefit of the long-term behavior change is, like I said, it's more likely to result in habit changes since the behavior change is typically being repeated often for an extended period of time. With long-term behavior change, your brain needs to form a connection. It needs to form neural pathways. I'm just going to get a little bit sciencey, nerdy here for a moment with you, but I think it's really helpful to understand this. So neural pathways are just communication pathways between neurons, which are another name for nerve cells. Neural pathways get faster and stronger the more a behavior is repeated. There is more though. The behavior needs to be repeated in the same context to really have a chance at strengthening the neural pathway. The same context meaning time, place, or situation. It also needs to have a reward that follows. That can be an internal or external reward. I explain all of this in more detail in my program Food Freedom with some really simple, easy to understand videos, but I didn't want to get too involved here now with you. Now, conversely, to stop doing an eating behavior, you need to weaken that link, which I, of course, explain exactly how to do that in the core classes inside Food Freedom, as well as in the Food Freedom Pathway, which is the exact step-by-step process I created that's based on behavioral science to break any bad eating habit, and there's a variation to form any new eating habit. It's so good, I must say. (laughs) But right now, though, you only need to know the real basics, so that's what I'm sticking to here. So if you're creating a new eating habit, you're trying to strengthen the neural pathway, and if you're trying to break an eating habit, you're trying to weaken the neural pathway. Again, this is all long-term behavior change, not so much short-term behavior change. Short-term behavior change is typically not going to be a long enough duration to strengthen or weaken the neural pathways enough to create or break a habit. The lovely benefit of putting the effort in for long-term behavior change leading to habit change is that it makes it easier on your brain to do the new habit if you're trying to form a new habit or just changing an existing one. Your brain loves habits, so it will try its hardest to form them. You might not have realized that, or you may have. If you have an eating habit that you don't understand why your brain formed in the first place, if it's a quote-unquote bad one. So once you have formed a habit, the more it's repeated, the stronger it gets. Your brain loves that because it just makes it more and more easy on your brain and the behavior is done more quickly oftentimes. Habits save your brain energy and time. Think about it. Many of the things you do each day are habits, right? 
starting your car and driving away, the way you brush your teeth, the order you do things when you first wake up. Your brain loves to automate your behaviors by turning them into habits so that it saves it from having to really think all the time. It takes a lot less effort on your brain's part to do something out of habit than to have to deliberately think about it each time. Could you imagine if you still had to run through each of the steps of starting a car and driving it after you've been doing it for years? That would require a lot of effort each time. You might ask, well, why does my brain form those bad habits like I mentioned earlier? The short answer to that is your brain doesn't know quote-unquote good habits from quote-unquote bad habits necessarily. All it cares about is that you're saving energy or effort. So if the behavior meets all of the requirements, such as being done in the same context, having a reward afterward, and it's relatively easy to do, plus it's repeated often, it will turn into a habit. So even though consciously you know that smoking is not a good behavior, and I'm just using this as an example, if every time you get into your car, you light up a cigarette and feel relaxed after you inhale, your brain is going to turn that into a habit. It's going to automate it for you, even though deep down you know it's not great for you and is even harmful. If it's hitting all those requirements for a behavior to become a habit, like I mentioned, it will likely become a habit over time. So then in this example of smoking, if you think about it, you're doing it in the same context, right? If every time you get into your car, you do things in a certain order and you light up that cigarette, it's getting done repeatedly and also you have this reward that occurs quickly afterwards. You feel relaxed and because of that reward, you end up wanting to repeat the action more frequently, right? So then... It's one of those things where you're going to make sure every time you get into your car, you light up that cigarette so you can feel relaxed afterwards or whatever feeling people typically get from cigarettes. I don't know. (laughs) So then, of course, the more it's repeated, the stronger that habit becomes. So a brand new smoker is more likely to be able to quit than someone who has been smoking regularly for 20 years years because that brand new smoker hasn't necessarily repeated it nearly as many times as the person that's been smoking regularly for 20 years, right? So regarding eating habits, someone who has a habit of eating say three slices of pizza every time he or she has pizza regardless of how hungry they are for the past three months that person will have an easier time breaking that habit than someone who has been doing that same behavior at the same frequency but for five years. That's not to say that you're a hopeless case if you have had an eating habit for years versus months. It just means that it might take longer to break that habit to disrupt the neural pathways enough that you have good control. 
I do want to mention here that I've had a client tell me that she has had certain eating habits for years, but I noticed as I was coaching her that because she had them for years, she was very familiar with the details of her eating habits, such as her thoughts and other little habits that went along with the eating habits. She knew her habits so well that she was actually able to catch on to her brain fairly well. And this makes sense, right? The longer you've been doing something, the more familiar you are with it, whether it be something in your career, a hobby, a sport, things like that. So what are some examples of short-term behavior change and long-term behavior change? Short-term behavior change might be used when you want to lose a certain amount of weight by a certain date, such as losing 10 pounds for your wedding or to fit into your new bathing suit. Your goal is very specific and for a specific date or circumstance, so you focus on changing your eating behaviors to reach that goal for that date event or circumstance, such as fitting into the wedding dress or the bathing suit. Now, although you'd of course love to keep that 10 pounds off after the date or what have you, it's mainly important to you to lose that 10 pounds just for that date or event or whatnot. But you basically set out to lose the 10 pounds in say two months, so it's really going to be more short-term behavior change. When you have that bathing suit goal or whatever type of goal that's similar to the bathing suit goal, you aren't necessarily thinking, yeah, I'd like to make some long-term eating behavior changes so I can fit into that bathing suit in two years, right? Now, you can certainly have that goal, but obviously that will be a long-term behavior change that will help you reach that goal. Change your eating behaviors for two months and then going back to the original eating behaviors won't necessarily help you fit into that bathing suit two years down the road. Another example of short-term eating behavior change might be if you know that you have a doctor's appointment coming up and you've had consistently high blood pressure but you want it to be low for when you're in his or her office, so you make sure to lower your salt intake for the week prior. You have a goal of making your blood pressure look better for the sake of the appointment, but as soon as you leave that doctor's office, you'll go right back to your normal salt intake, causing your blood pressure to rise back up again. This example, of course, is an example of short-term eating behavior change that is not really beneficial to you since the result is so short-term. You're essentially only interested in that extremely temporary positive result or perceived positive result and unfortunately will most likely go right back to your baseline higher salt intake. The benefits of short-term behavior change are that it can help you reach a short-term goal, of course, such as losing that 10 pounds. It doesn't have to be weight loss, though. It can also be that you want to not eat dairy for a few weeks. So you see if you feel like you have less bloating or stomach pain if you've been suffering from something like that. Of course, it may turn into long-term behavior change if you find that the results are something you'd like to keep. Up. So there's definitely some benefit to short term behavior change. 
A main downside to short-term behavior change is that oftentimes because you want a quick result, you may not be addressing the behavior change appropriately. You might be relying on willpower, resisting urges or fighting urges, among other things. These tactics will rarely last. I address this in food freedom as well because it's such an important thing. Also, regarding something like weight loss, your body doesn't like drastic changes. It much prefers stability. In fact, it loves homeostasis, which just means it works hard for its systems to remain in a stable state. So quick short-term weight loss, especially if it's more than just a few pounds, might not be so great for your body. Now, I want to turn the attention over to long-term behavior change. Long-term behavior change, as I mentioned earlier, is way more likely to lead to true habit change. Plus, the benefits can be endless, right? If you're trying to improve your blood pressure, and not just for the one doctor's appointment, a whole slew of additional health benefits can occur from that. Another example might be if you're trying to really decrease or break a sugar habit. You might go from eating a candy bar and cookies every day to being more deliberate about the sugary treats you eat, which can benefit you in so many ways down the road, especially if you're a diabetic. Yet another example would be if your goal is to lose weight and keep it off. Short-term behavior change won't be great for that, but long-term behavior change, of course, will. And if the extra pounds were causing other health issues, those health issues may improve or even resolve completely with the sustained weight loss. So great, right? Also, the thing with long-term behavior change is that the changes are usually smaller and therefore easier to do and to maintain because you're not in a rush. That's really how I recommend making the long-term changes more long-term. By making small changes that aren't drastically different than what you're currently doing. Your brain loves habits, remember, which means that it doesn't love change. Now, with long-term behavior change, even though you aren't in a rush, you are typically still eager to see results. The difference is that you understand that in order to truly change your habits and have long-term success and results, you are making long-term changes, which take some time. The journey there will be a little slower, but with the understanding that the results will typically then last. That's what I based food freedom around, long-term eating behavior changes so you can bring about true habit change. That way, you get to keep those wonderful results for a long time if you wish. You get to reap those benefits and keep reaping more benefits years down the road. It's easier on your brain and oftentimes easier on your body. You aren't relying on willpower, fighting these strong urges only for them to keep coming up for you. You're also less likely to have negative feelings associated with your eating habit journey because you're more patient and the changes are more doable. There will be less likelihood of failure too because the changes aren't as drastic. 
So if all of that sounds good to you, then start getting excited about the changes you can make. Come join us inside Food Freedom before doors close on Friday the 30th, which if you're listening to this episode on release day is tomorrow. I can't wait for you to get started with changes that pay off tenfold, even a hundredfold. That's what I have for you today on short versus long-term behavior change. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk with you next week. Hey, if you're ready to free yourself from your bad eating habits, then I invite you to join me inside Food Freedom, my membership made specifically for career women who want control of their eating habits without having to rely on willpower. To learn more, head on over to katemjohnston.com forward slash coaching. I'll see you there.